Hey, and welcome to this episode of Musings. It still feels just a little pretentious to call it Alicia's Musings. I don't know why I have a mental block about that. I really, really want to be able to call it Daily Musings just because I like the ring to it. I'm attached to it, uh, but it is what it is, alas. So thanks for joining for this podcast-only episode. I really like the opportunity to get a little bit weird with this. I do a lot of writing and reading, let's be honest, with university because I'm in the humanities, which necessitates a lot of reading and writing. And that's what I want, right? I want to become a better critical thinker. I want to become a better writer and so on. A lot of that is very formal and structured. And I have to write about things that I'm learning about. And oftentimes when I'm writing about these things, I feel like the blind leading the blind. I'm writing about something that I barely understand. This is very true of philosophy. Um, right now I'm in the midst of trying to get through some of Being in Time by Heidegger. And I think this is one of those classic, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta crack your teeth on that one um, to call yourself a like a, a blossoming or burgeoning philosopher, which also sounds very pretentious, by the way. Uh, the idea, <laughs> just as a little side note, when I'm thinking about what I would like to major in, I also think about what I would like to call myself. I think it would be really cool to call myself, say, a historian. I just think, I love that. That sounds awesome. Uh, but I, I think I like philosophy better as a subject. It's just, hey, what is your major? Oh, philosophy. I'm a philosopher. <laughs> Lots of people do this and there's no judgment. I think philosophy is probably the coolest subject and probably the coolest thing to call yourself. But again, a lot of resistance. It feels really pretentious to refer to oneself as a philosopher in a way that it doesn't by referring to oneself as a musician or an accountant or a psychologist or whatever else it might be. Actually, I do have a lot of blocks about calling myself a musician too, even though that's the most obvious thing that I am and that I do. I mean, I'm, you probably know me because of being a musician and my YouTube channel and things like that, uh, but it still feels very, um, almost like a, <laughs> yeah, right, buddy, you're a musician. Sure, everyone and their dog is a musician. Uh, so I guess there's loaded meanings and all kinds of terminologies and what might grind my gears and seem really pretentious might not seem that way to you. Anyways, all of this to say, I really appreciate the opportunity to just write in a way that is a, a personal exploration and share that with you, even though that means getting a little weird, <laughs> even if it means that what I come up with might be half-baked or not even baked at all, just like raw dough. It's everything that I write, uh, not everything that I write is going to be interesting or good, but I find it really valuable to share with you anyways. Maybe you'll get a little nugget out of it. Maybe I'll learn something from the journey as well. And uh, we'll consider this as a launching off point, but I do really love the freedom of this as opposed to the pain that I feel when I'm attempting to write about and understand Heidegger. So here we go. I'm too attached to the outcome of the moment. If I'm going to show up to the table, it better be good. It better be nice. I'm not going to show up for some crappy moment, as though a moment is a dinner party, and I only want to go to the good dinner parties. This moment as a dinner party I'm quoting is problematic for a few reasons. So number one, if you only want to show up to good dinner parties, this might be because you want your time to be well spent. It might be deemed a waste of time to attend a crappy dinner party. Why spend all that time doing something that's lame? 
Time could be spent going to a fun dinner party instead or staying home, watching a show, whatever. So with the moment as a dinner party mentality, perhaps you don't want to show up to crappy moments because that would be a waste of time, which in turn results in a waste of life. This comes from a desire to optimize life and live it to its fullest. But in this case, fullest is being equated with best. But I don't think that that's accurate. I don't think fullest means best. Uh, When you're saying, I want to live my life to the fullest, um, I want to live my life in the most best and most optimized way, I think those are actually kind of different things. Some of a person's fullest moments, for example, can be in the midst of significant challenges and hardship. So I think there's a sort of shallowness in trying to qualify a moment the way you might qualify a dinner party as either good or bad. This is more on this in a moment. So number two, how well can a crappy dinner party be predicted? Some dinner parties might be great, others might be crappy. Based on the hosts and guests, you can probably reasonably calculate which would be which, but not always. Surprises are inevitable. In order to go to a great dinner party, you'll need to assume some risk that it might be a crappy dinner party and decide to show up anyway or not. Number three, how much can you be separated from your own moment? If you are always intrinsically connected to each moment, unable to separate or detach from it, then in some way, are you it? Are you in the moment in a relationship? Or is it more you over here, the moment over there? Or are you a shared entity? Maybe some of all of the above. Another way to think about this, when meditating, do you watch the moment from on high? Or do you merge with it? Do you disconnect or connect? I don't know if there's a right answer to this, by the way, but I'm thinking about my own experiences. And the best moments in meditation, and generally, I think, are the ones where I become absorbed by. I am it. I become the moment. There's not a clear separation between me and experience. I am the experience. Moments of detachment feel empty and lacking somehow. just to compare things to philosophy. This is a vibe I really get from the existentialist, this desire to uh, understand the truth of what things are made of, but in this sort of empty, remote, removed way. Anyway, if in some sense you are the moment, or at least inseparable from it, what does that mean when you reject the crappy moments and only accept the good moments? It probably means that you're rejecting entire parts of your experience, and as a result, you're rejecting entire parts of yourself. Given that a life is made up of a tapestry of moments, both good and bad, and everything in between, to only show up for the good moments is to only show up for some of your life. So this means it's a rejection of the idea of living fully. Living fully then encompasses the good and the bad, not just optimizing for the best experience all the time, showing up to every table, even the crappy ones. How could you live fully if you're rejecting an inevitable part of your experience? The sun and the shadow, peas in a pod. Thanks for listening.